Hello and welcome to the Agile People podcast. Today I'm joined with Gustavo Couto out of Brazil and he's going to take us through um, purpose and meaning. Over to you, Gustavo. Well, I'm an engineer and I work in Brazil with Lean Design Thinking and Agile for a few years, like 11 years. I, right now I, I work with big banks and also with some industry on CIMET. And what I do, I, I teach people how to work on Agile way and Scrum and, and apply Scrum on the day to day. And my kind of work is more kind of workshops than training itself. And also I've been, I've been working with companies, not only in Brazil, but in South America and, and also Mexico. And, and it's been a quite fun journey. <laughs> and I can say that just for, from such a young man as well, um, Gustavo, that um, yes, you started your career as, a, as an engineer and you're, you're now an MBA professor as well. So how did, yeah. how did that come about? Yeah, like I have a fun way. I, I hate to study. I hate college. I hate school. And I try to teach people in a fun way. If yeah. I ever been to my workshop, it's a very fun. I'm kind of like very joyful and happy life and I try to bring this to classrooms so some like I, I got an invitation to go to some college to give a few classes and uh, and I think the students like it because I'm not all all the old school professor inside the class so I try to give more purpose and meaning to the, the classes that's why people love it and I'm that's what I'm doing here <laughs> Fantastic how you slipped that purpose and meaning in absolutely, and um, and I guess um, you know that that um, fun and 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 um, you know sense of well being and stuff like that is very much a Brazilian attitude, really, isn't it? So um, you know, um, Gustavo joins us from Brazil. And um, whereabouts in Brazil are you, Gustavo? Well, I'm from actually a small city. It's near. It's called Sete Lagoas. That means seven lakes. We have seven lakes here in the city, but it's like the it's like one hour from Belo Horizonte, which is a big city. Uh-huh. And I prefer to live in the countryside, more quiet. And when I have to go to the big companies, just travel. And I'm here. Like, it's Southeast Brazil, one hour flight from Tom Paulo and Rio. And yeah. love the weather. So I prefer. <laughs> okay. No, no worries. No, that, that's fine. Everybody um, has their, their preferences, absolutely. So um, let's get into it. So, um, um, let's get into this subject matter then. Purpose and meaning in terms of that, um, Gustavo, how, how did you approach that as an Agile People principle? Was that one that you favoured? Was it put to you as an option? Um, you know, how, how, did, how did you get to that, that particular principle? No, it's funny because I, 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 people hire me a lot to do strategic planning for the companies. I do a lot of strategic planning for the year or three years and five years long-term strategic planning. Mm-hmm. And what, what I learned is that the companies doesn't like they miss the core of a strategic planning that is purpose and meaning. What is the purpose of the company? What, and, and, and how does it connect to, how, to what, what, what people do for work? What is the meaning of their work and how it's connected to the purpose of the company? People talk about a lot of mission, vision on, of the company, but they really don't connect to the people as purpose does connect. So that's where I, 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 I found out a opportunity there. Now, when I do a strategic planning, I always start with purpose and meaning, and then we go to the strategic planning. 
And when I was invited to do the Agile People Manifesto, that was the thing that I missed the most. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing Agile? Why are we going Agile? Why people are working this way? And that's why I'm so in love with, with the theme. Uh, and that's why I decided to do this on the book, to talk about purpose and meaning and does it make sense, right? And I, I really like it. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. And, and, and I guess I, I love this quote in the, the, the second page there, um, the R Ralph Waldo Emerson quote, the purpose of life is, is, is not to be happy, it is to be useful, to be honourable, to be compassionate, pa to, to be compassionate, to have it make some difference that you have lived and lived well. And, and having spoken to you in a few minutes, um, we have then, Gustavo, it, it seems to kind of sum you up almost perfectly as well, um, although including the happiness bit as well. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think meaning is like one of the one of the main causes that makes people happy. If you have meaning, if you know what, why you're doing, uh, why you do that thing, uh, the chance of you being happy is a lot like a lot better. And I really love it because I, I, I brought like the Vito Franklin on the beginning of the book, the Aust Austrian Holocaust survivor. Mm. And I was, I was reading a book about happiness from Sean H. from Harvard. And it's been like two, two months that I read a book about happiness. And it said like the main thing on happiness is to have, how do I say that in English? Is to have a, oops, hope. Mm. Yep. But hope is connected to purpose and meaning. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think like if you don't know why you're doing, it, you can't be happy. Like you just like I'm a stoic philosopher. I love stoicism. And I read that a lot, and I think like the purpose and meaning is the core for everything, especially for happiness. So, so, sorry, did you say stoicism there, Gustavo? Yeah, stoicism. Yes, yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, thank you for that. I'm also a practicing stoic, so yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with you on that. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, no, and, and I, I really like that that opening chapter to the book when you said then search of meaning, and you, you talk there about the the Holocaust survivor Victor Frankl, and 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 so when when he talks about that that purpose in life, having having been through the experiences of, um, you know, Nazi concentration camps and stuff like that, and you know, it's um, you know, it was clear for his his um, um, beliefs that it was. You know, it was it was how he transformed as a person. I mean, he lived to a grand old age of ninety two, didn't he? Despite those those um, challenges and constraints in his life, um, again, again, this is the, the, the thought provoking um, point for yourself and 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 searching for that meaning in your in your life. Yeah, and the world of work is boring. Like you just ask people to do stuff and they don't explain them the why. And like, as I do work with Scrum now, what I've been talking a lot with people, I don't know if you know Scrum or people who are reading this know Scrum or not, but like what I've been seeing a lot on Scrum is that people are just giving tasks and not explaining the why to the, the programmers. And on my, on my new book on Scrum methodology, I'm bringing this to user stories. Because like, what is a user story? I don't know if people don't know, but user story is the way you, you write down a, not a functionality, but you write down the user needs 
and then you put on a product backlog and then how you're going to work on the product backlog to, to on the other user needs, I'm sorry, to make it work. And what I'm bringing in the book is that like, the main thing to bring purpose and meaning to the work of the programmers is the user story. Because it starts brings meaning. So we should stop doing user stories just as a formality, just write, like people are writing, writing functionalities in a formal way, just to follow a protocol and doesn't make sense. And sh people should be, be, make this more inspiring. And I think that, that the user story that actually the way you write the user needs is the purpose of meaning for software development. And under my new book, I'm talking about this, how you can bring user stories to inspire and bring purpose and meaning to the development. Does it make sense for you, David? You work with Scrum, right? It, it, it does absolutely, Gustavo. So as I mentioned previously, that I, I work in that industry of software development or software implementation. And one of the things that I noticed recently um, in, in a large um, project was, particularly from an HR perspective, um, the user stories were, were very prevalent in the delivery of that solution. It, it had to be, I think, from a finance, procurement, or other parts of it, which has a, a much more linear approach to it, um, you know, that's completely fine. Um, the, the left to right is identified. I think from an HR perspective, that left to right is not so. So user stories are very important in that respect. So I saw them being used then pretty well in that respect. And I think just coming on to the point you made earlier, there is, you know, that 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 age-old problem of um, you know, um, working agile, not being agile type thing is is the one that constantly crops up, isn't it? Because you're you're right. It's 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 telling people the the, the how without necessarily telling them the what and the why, and that's the bit that always confuses um, and and causes its own constraints, isn't it? So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. And actually, here, yeah, well, just changing the subject a little bit. Actually, I, I didn't mention it to you. I'm releasing two books next month. I like I was finishing with like the, the Scrum book was like 95%. And then I had a great idea about writing a different book. And it's only going to be in Portuguese because of, it makes more sense in Brazil than other countries because it's very specific. The stories is specific. It's a book about side hustle. People in Brazil who have a job and have a side, a side job, a side hustle, they do it by themselves. Mm -hmm. And this book's about 25 people who are employees of big companies. And they like they have a yoga, they are a yoga professor on the free time. People who produce wines, produce beer, make brownies, or have like a startup. Uh -huh. And what I've learned about these 25 stories is that people in the companies they're looking for a side hustle because they are not having meaning on their jobs. So they build a different company, they do a different job, they work like from eight to five on, the, on his employee that pays him money and he spends his money on a different job by himself because the, it's something that they believe. So people are looking for meaning on side hustles. And this is a book about side hustles in Brazil and people who are work for companies who have a side hustle. So this, 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 this theme about purpose and meaning is, is, is is every day in my life and um, it's great.
And, and absolutely, everybody's purpose and meaning will be different, won't it? And it'll be de determined by circumstances, um, you know, cultures, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, uh, where the people find themselves. You know, people are people, and they adapt accordingly. You know, so I, I think that's great, and um, that people do look for those side hustles and stuff like that. I mean, th th they need to, don't they? You know, no longer as a, a single steady job. Um, you know, meeting their needs on, on a regular basis. So they, they have to, you know, um, as well as creating an income, is um, it's fulfilling that passion. You know, they don't necessarily always need to make money out of these things, but if it's fulfilling um, a different need and a different passion, then then absolutely um, go for it. Yeah. Credit to you. And comes, and comes with one other agile people manifesto principle is that belonging. People most most of them do this because they don't belong as part of the company that they work for. Mm. So they make a company for them that they really feel like belonging and and goes on and on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, indeed. Okay, so you, um, in terms of the, the meaning part of um, your, your story, um, then Gustavo, then we move on to Ikigai, Japanese. Would you like to yes. explain to our listeners what Ikigai means? Oh, great. Yeah, there's a nice book on the Ikigai. There's a Japanese guy who wrote it, and it's a story like the Ikigai is that, like, why do it exist? Why is, the, like, the meaning of life? There's a Japanese word for it. And I have a book in Brazil for entrepreneurship that's used all, all over Brazil that we have actually, a, we make a comic, a comic story about the Ikigai. And, like, it's about, like, why are we here for? Why are we doing here? And like, it's not so, that's something that you just love. Like people say, I want to live by purpose and meaning. I want to do something I love. Okay, but you're good at? Does the world need it? Because like, I can, like, it doesn't make sense if I do something that the world doesn't need. That's why the key guy must you know, love, you're good at, and the world needs. But if you don't get paid for, you can't scale. You can help more people. You can do more. So the Ikigai is kind of like merging all those four things. Like do what you love, do what you're good at, do what the world needs, and also get paid for it. I really like, like, I really don't like when I talk to people and they say, I want to make a non-profit project for, I saw, sorry, Brazil, I don't know how to say it in, in, in English. In British, and you can help me here. It's like they say that you can't. I want to make a social project to help people. Oh, yeah, understood. Yeah. And I said, it doesn't make sense to do this because a social project, you can help like 10, 100 people. But if you could make a non profit social business, you can help 1,000, 10,000, 100,000 people, 1 million people. So that's why to get paid for is so important. When it was like a sin to get paid for doing good for the world, people think that you have when you do good for the world, you have to do it for free. But if you get paid for it, you can scale and you can help more people. Okay. And a lot of people, a lot of people, how do I say this? A lot of people get paid for doing bad things. Why you can't pay people that are doing good things? 
No, absolutely, I agree. And, and there's, a, that, there's that opposing um, point of view as well, that um, if you give things away for free, then it's, it, it doesn't have value. You know, whether, whether it's good or bad or indifferent, it doesn't have value because it's free, you know. So, yes, there's, you're absolutely right. There's, there's an element of there, there has to be money changing hands some, somehow, um, you know, to, to give it some credence there but you know but you know, as we get into this this problem of ikigai um you know is um wh what you're paid for well does it make you happy um you know lots of people and myself included have a, a career of just working for a paycheck and you know and feeling empty inside because you know I've, i'm you know i'm not fulfilling my my passion um and you know and you know it's it's not a um, an end journey to to fulfill in that passion. I think it's one that kind of keep, keeps driving you throughout your your life, and you never really get to that end. Um, but it's one that you constantly strive for. And if I put you on the spot a little bit, Gustavo, um, what is your ikigai? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. It's hard to say like my ikigai to inspire people because like inspire is not only enough. But like not only inspire, but should guide people on to have meaning on their jobs and what they do. Like I don't only like a bank hire me hires me to teach the team how to do scrum. Mm. And scrum is boring if you see by the book. But I don't only teach them how to do scrum. I inspire them how to give better solutions for the clients. Mm. And the Scrum is only, it's only a path, a methodology to do it. And I think my, 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 my ikigai is that, like, how, should, how do I inspire people on their work to make, to, to bring purpose and meaning? This chapter is so me. If you want to know me, just read this chapter, anyone. And, and, and that's what I do. So I teach Scrum, I teach the job methodology, I can teach other Kanban and other method, methodology as well. But the main thing is to inspire people to make sense what they do. And, and how do we make sense? Like creating people, create stuff that the customer wants and you bring results to the company. Because mm -hmm. when you go to talk to the dev team, there's all focus on functionality, functionalities and functionalities. They forget about the client, they forget about the business results. And that's what I try to do. So my key guys to inspire them to make meaning in their work. And how do I do it? The same methodology, but I have a different view from the methodology. I just, I just don't, don't go by the book. Yeah, I go deeper. No, indeed, and that, that's the whole principle of agility, isn't it? Or, or from an agile people coaching perspective, is we put on that observer hat and then we determine, you know, what the the right approach is is to um, any given solution. Because it, you know, it's not always about well, saying you know, Kanban, Scrum. You know, lean methodologies will be your 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 solution going forward. Now, let me just pull that out of my toolkit, and away we go. You 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 have to have that conversation and that change of mindset, that sort of bringing people on board to you know those those um, uh, in terms of the goal direction and um, where where they need to get to. And um, yeah, once they're on that journey, then it makes then applying some of the tools or or using the tools a little bit more enjoyable collaborative um you know easy enough to for it to to continue and use so at least the the um you know the client individuals teams whatever are um 
you know, um, in the journey from the outset, you always say, because I've seen so many yeah. projects where, you know, a project team will just, a project team of consultants will just rock up and say, well, okay, here's the Kanban board, let's let's get off and running. And people go and, okay, I don't know what Kanban is, don't know what agility is, um, don't quite know what we're going to do in the new world. Um, show me. You know, and it's it's yeah. only sort of weeks and or months later that they they start to kind of get it, um, and, and probably not as effectively as, as was intended. But nevertheless, they 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 start to get it and go with it. But you know, if they had that that um, teaching or knowledge transfer up front, it, it might have been a bit more easier for them, and they might be way ahead of of where they are just now. So, yeah, that's yeah, a good point. It's the same. And it's the same for any management methodology. If you talk about like substantial planning or any anything you're going to do, like uh, balances, scorecards, and everything, what I think, what I think that managing misses a lot. Management is the soul, and the soul is purpose and meaning. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think I think you mentioned that 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 perfectly well in here when you under how to understand your purpose when you talk about the film producer Adam Leipzig and um, when when he was um, surrounded by his friends and colleagues and peers that um, you know 80% of them were dissatisfied with their lives um, you know and probably rich in, 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 in some respects and well to do with their families and their relationships and, and money in the bank but um, you know completely dissatisfied yeah, and there's also a, a nice movie on Netflix. It's called Happy, and the author is Rocco Bellic, R-O-T-O-B-E-L-L-I-C, Rocco Bellic, and talks about happiness, and a lot of people are not happy because they don't feel meaning on their lives. It's funny. It's nice. I'm a father. I love my children. I have three children, and I have a, a three-year-old girl, and I have a twin, a couple of twins. That's why I'm kind of aware of agile people for the last year. I talked to Michael and, and P. I told them, I have twins. You don't know how crazy you have twins <laughs> during the pandemic. You don't know how my life is crazy. That's why I'm aware of a job people work. And, but when you have children, you have a different meaning in life. But I think that people, when they, they, their children go to college and they try to start to live their own lives, I think that people might, might try to look for a different meaning as well. No, absolutely, indeed, 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 yeah. And and I guess Adam um, Leipzig, he takes it that step further from the ikigai model, doesn't it? And saying, okay, um, you know, what do you do? What do you love? You know, what do you get paid for? And then they've got that sixth one that says, you know, how would you like to be remembered? Gustavo Couto, how would you like to be remembered? <laughs> and I hope it's a long time before <laughs> your demise, my friend. Well, one of the great is, is a great dad, like, I want my children to remember and people to remember me. Oh, this was amazing that he, like, I love being a father and people who follow me on my social network, I'm a whole father, like, all the time and I love my children. And this one, the thing I want to be remembered. And then awesome. the second, and also, like, I want to be remembered someone who, who made the difference, you know, like, I was just not someone else who passed here, someone else who talked on this, pod, talk on this podcast, 
I just not I'm not passing the life. Like I'm trying to live the life the most. And and as a stoic, stoic guy, you know, like stoic, how do you say stoicism? How do you say that? Yeah, stoicism, no, say, right? say sto stoicism as well. Yeah. Yeah, as a stoicism, stoic. Well, one thing that one thing that I love about stoic is that like it changed the way I see life and death. If you see the Seneca letters, they say like death is not something in the future. Death is something in the past. Every minute that we pass on is dead. So stoicism makes me try to live the live the best of my life, mm. and that's why I want to be remembered. Someone who lived the life, someone who lived his dreams, and help people do that as well. Well, I live my, I live my dream. Like in 2012, I was working in a big Brazilian company, one of the main companies in the world, it's called Valley. And I decided to, to, to live my dream. And I, I and I told my parents, I want to, I was only like 26, 27. And I told my parents, I want to close my, 25, sorry. I want to quit my job and live my dreams. And my father told me, what the hell is a dream? Like, <laughs> what is a dream job? I never had a dream job. Like I had a great salary. I was working in Brazil, South America, and in Africa. And I had to go with my dream because I don't want to, to see my life going with, without living it. And that's how I want to be remembered. Someone who lives his life. I don't do any crazy stuff. I just live my life. I like to cook. I like to be with my, my children, with my friends. And, the, and I like to impact people here and make it, have a job who has a meaning. So this is how I want to be remembered. Someone who lives his life. Fantastic. Sounds like you're halfway there, Gustavo. Absolutely. So you're doing all the right things. That, you know, I think for, for a long period of time, you know, when you when you ask people, you know, what's their um, how they'd like to be remembered, that we work hard and you know, earn a good salary and get high up in the company and all this sort of stuff. And I think um, you know, people have reflected recently that, you know what, um, I'm a good father. You know, I'm a good husband, I'm a good friend, I'm a good brother and stuff like that. And these are the important things, isn't it? Because it's these people things that will be remembered. It'll be people that remember you, you know. So, um, yeah, regardless of, of the riches or, or the esteemed objects that you might gather along the way. And sometimes I look to the, uh, I used to look to the manager of directors, the board of directors, the company I work with, and I look to them and say, I don't want you to be that guy. I don't want to be 40s and 50s and 60s and be like that guy. Mm. But like the funny thing is, and we, we talked this on the book, how you bring this from the personal point of view to bring it to the company point of view. And that's then and that's what we're doing strategic planning. How do you want to be remembered as a team? How do you want to be remembered as a company? And and the, and, the, and one of the questions is well, how do you make change how do you change people's life how you change the company inside here and this is the main the main questions for strategic planning how are we going to change the company how are we going to change our customers what are the transformations you generated on them what transformation do you do do we do on them and how so is our hope, how, how sorry and how is the clients remember is going to remember us and then you bring out from the personal point of view to the company point of view because it's the same it's the same principle i'm sorry no that's fine Gustavo. apologies there um so in terms of that when you're speaking to organizations and teams and leaders and stuff 
Um, what's the, what is their response to things like that? Is it something they give sort of, you know, um, credence to, or, or is it something, you know, lip service to, as, as you mentioned it? What kind of success rate are you getting when you ask those type questions? Well, it really helps to determine what are the main KPIs that they should follow after it. Because sometimes they make KPIs that doesn't make sense. That's why a lot of companies are changing the sales metrics for the customer success metrics. Mm -hmm. I don't want to measure how much I'm selling to you. I want to measure how successful are you being after I give my product to you, after I give my services to you. And it's a change of point of view on which KPIs are you going to follow. I'm not following my KPIs, how much I'm selling. I'm following your KPIs, how you as my client are getting better. I don't want to sell my product to you. I want you to use my product or my services and get in a different level, in a different position. How do I really help you? And this is the KPI that you should focus, not, not on ourselves, on, on the client point of view. So the purpose of meeting also help us to bring the customer centricity model inside the strategic planning. Okay, okay. And, and it's interesting that you use KPIs there because KPIs is, is, is pretty much, um, you know, what was done in the past or, or, you know, recent past or whatever, but it's still the past. It's not, it's not the future. Um, and, and, you know, and then we're looking to the future of this next section, uh, uh, your, your, your chapter here, objective, vision, missions and values. And, and are we saying that for some companies, KPIs are what helps shape those objectives, visions and their missions, so, although they're likely to be more quantitative than, than qualitative? Um, and how does that then factor in? Because as we know, so, some of the other principles and tools focus quite heavily on, on OKRs, on, on looking towards the future, where, where a company would like to go to and, and achieve those objectives. Yeah. Hey, you can easily connect this with OKRs. I, I work with companies who, who does OKRs as well. You just bring more purpose and meaning inside the OKRs. What I think that people miss there is the relationship between cause and effect. So why do we exist and how does this impact on the mission or vision or the objectives of the OKRs that we're going to achieve? Yeah. So that is the connection. People miss a lot of cause and effect. The yeah. way you behave, the way you are, the purpose of, of your work will impact on your future. And, and that's the connection we're trying to do. Yeah. And, and you, the quote that you have there, Gustavo, is that, you know, very simply, companies that say, why do I exist? You know, it's a very simple question. Just question themselves every day. What, what is it that I'm here to do? And you're giving some great examples of large companies, very successful large companies, um, with a very simple you know, existence type answer, you know, IKEA to create a better everyday life for the many people. Tesla to accelerate the world's transitional, a transition to sustainable energy. And JetBlue to inspire humanity, both in the air and on the ground. So again, it's one of these things where people are looking to do stuff 
or you know um, improve the lives of the masses, basically, and 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 you know not just the individuals or the you know shareholders or or um, C suites and stuff like that for their existence. And obviously, they would go out of business fairly soon if they did have that as their mission statement. To be honest. <laughs> And it's nice. I, I was doing the Agile People Manifesto in the countryside of Sweden. And we have 19 people from different countries. And we have four people in the room. And it was not me. I was the only Brazilian. But four of them were wearing Brazilian sandals. They're called Havaianas. I don't know if you know, if you know them or not. They're well known. And what is the Havaianas purpose? To bring happiness and joy, the Brazilian happiness and joy way of living to people's lives. So, so this is the, this is the Havana's um, footwear, is it? Havana's. Havana's is the sandals. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yes, I, I think I have a pair. They, yes. They do, and, they do bring and, happiness, particularly to this old man. Yes, yes. And it's so nice the way they, the way they, they put that, the meaning, on, and they bring this to different countries. Yeah. And also, I work here for a cement company, cement, cement, right away, concrete, like concrete, cement. Yes, yes, yeah, I understand. Yes, yeah, cement, yeah. Yeah, it's called Fotorantin. It was one of the biggest in the world. And the Brazilian company, they have units in Europe as well. And, and, and their purpose is to build stuff that lasts. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, yeah, there's cement, they have to last. You can fall. Mm-hmm. But it's nice how they bring, I, I don't like, Tons of strategic planning for them. And it's nice how you bring this inside the strategic planning. Is the stuff you're doing is going to last? Is mm-hmm. the relationship you're doing is going to last? Are we hiring people to, to stay here? And, and that's nice how when you bring the white of the company inside everything and the company just flows and, and it's amazing. No, absolutely, and I like I like this um, example that you give of the of the lady who works at Disney, and when you ask her what her job is, um, she says I'm I'm much more than just a ticket seller. I'm the first customer experience you see as you walk through the park. That that first smile and introduction. You know, so something as yeah. simple as you know is you know every job can you, you can the way that you look at it and the perspective that you have however menial that it may seem um, to other people, you know, people have um, their perspective, you know, um, can be very different because particularly when you're dealing with customers directly, if you are the first face that the people see, then then absolutely it makes a big difference to the company, doesn't it? So I think that's a great example. I think that's a great, a great thing that, um, you know, the, the simple things that people can do in their lives and their, their work life and in and, and society in general that has quite an imp- a big impact um, and long may yes. it continue. Um, it doesn't have to be convoluted or, or, you know, complex in terms of that. It just has to be, you know, simple, direct and effective. Yeah, yeah, thank that, that, you, definitely. Gustavo. Yes, um, I'm yeah. enjoying this um, um, greatly, um, Gustavo. It's lovely talking to you. It's lovely to get your insights yeah. um, from from Brazil uh, in Latin America. And um, yes, so we are the Agile People Podcast. Um, you can find us um, every um, second Thursday of the month. We will be dropping a episode at one o'clock um, UK time. Um, and we shall look forward to hearing Gustavo's insights on that one Thursday in the f- near near future. 
Um, okay, so let's continue. Um, let's move on to the importance of collective purpose. And I love the fact that you've used soccer here. Coming from Brazil, Gustavo, <laughs> the greatest football team in the world. Of course you're going to do that. So collective purpose. Yeah, you don't have to only have the, the purpose by yourself. And the company doesn't have the, the purpose on the self, but how do you create this collective purpose? How do you create an atmosphere where everyone shares the same purpose and the meaning and they're all together on this? Yeah. And this is what the chapter is about. How can we connect everyone in the company to be together and, and work together? That, 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 that's why I love about the Scrum and Agile metaphor. Yeah. I didn't put Agile or Scrum here because, sorry, I didn't put... How do I say that the Scrum game is the, oops, not football, the other one, the other the, where they play in Australia, I forgot the name. The, oh, yeah, Australia. Rugby, rugby, rugby. Yeah, oh, rugby, 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 okay. Yeah. But I love the way that they all focus as a team and growing and evolving and, and making small steps as a team and getting together as a team. Yeah. And, 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 and that's what to make the team stronger. There's a nice group. And absolutely, of, the examples that you give um, from Fred Kaufman, uh, when, when, when he asks people what their, their job is and stuff, and they say, oh, well, I'm an art director or I'm a recruitment analyst and, and this type of stuff. And they were like, well, okay, that's fine. That's kind of what you do as an individual job. But the, the, the main effect that you're trying to create there is that you're winning that you're winning for your company, you're winning for your team, you're winning for yourself uh, in a way. But as, as you correctly point out there, whether it's the Brazilian soccer team or the Australian rugby team, you know, great winners of, of the, um, the world in terms of their sports and stuff like that, they, they don't win by individuals, they win by um, the team. You know, it's that collective, you know, purpose, all aiming for that individual, that, that single um, goal, and there, and and not necessarily for the individual praise or or um, you know kudos that comes comes from from that you know. So we think of the great teams of the past. You know, we think of them as a team. You know, we, we might point out certain players and stuff like that. You know, Pele being one of them, um, um, and for forever more, absolutely. But there's some great um, teams um, um, that, that that continue to win because they have that mentality and um, objective and as I say, collective purpose to win, you know? Yeah, they said that the best Brazilian teams, the best two of them, didn't win, they didn't win the World Cup. 1982 and in 2006. If you go recently, they, because they had the best players, but they didn't have the best team. If you see 2006, you have Ronaldo Fenomeno, Ronaldinho Gaúcho, Ronaldo Gaúcho, I don't know how, how you guys call them there. They have Adriano, they have Kaká, we had the best players and we didn't want. And why? Well, because we didn't have a team together. It's different. And, and then Pink has a great book. It's called To Sell is Human from Daniel H. Pink. And on his books, he has some, some research that's showing that company, car sales companies who have global goals do better than companies who have individual goals. Hmm. And his research is very good on that. Like to have, to have, a common goal is better to have individual goal. 
And if you if you bring this like the most competitive kind of salesman is that the one the guy who works on a on a car sales that's quite surprising because we always would think that like to have the this individual goals would be better, but it's not. He shows that to have a common goal for everyone is better than have only individual goals. Absolutely, absolutely. And and this um, these final couple of pages in the and in, in your chapter there, um, Gustavo kind of sums that up um, greatly, doesn't it? Because it shows those kind of dilemmas of you know you know self interest over collective interest or or that individual you know. Uh, against the team type thing you know it's um you're, you're not optimizing for the the whole um if you if you're doing things for you, for yourself and you know it, it creates all these you know imbalances shall we say where it's it might be good for the individual but if it hurts the team then you know that's as you if you rightly pointed out brazil didn't win the world cup in in, in certain years because they they had great players or great individual players but they didn't have the great team and the great teams of of Brazil of the past, and 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 that's really hurt them, and that's a, that's always a, a a good analogy to be to be using, isn't it? And, and these these essence and stuff like that. Um, there, no, fantastic, um, brilliant. Um, so, um, agile people principle comes from the agile people manifesto for um, purpose and meaning. Gustavo um, Cuto, has been an absolute pleasure speaking to you today. Um, it would be lovely if we had the Agile People Collective. Unfortunately, that wasn't possible today. We're a group of trainers who um, who are, are joining this podcast, and we, we like to um, um, share the insights of the Agile People um, authors, of which Gustavo is, um, from the, the book Agile People Principles, The Call, Your Call to Action for the Future of Work. Um, if you would like to read this book or you'd like any more information regarding Agile People, then please log on to agilepeople.com. And as I say, we will be dropping episodes, Gustavo's included, um, every second Thursday of the month, one o'clock UK time. Um, we thank you for your time um, today. Um, Gustavo, one last point from yourself. Well, <laughs> well the, the point is that like, Try to have a meaningful life. You only have one life and try to do the better, best of it. It doesn't matter. If, I don't believe in personal life and professional life. I only believe in life and try to do this. And, and I try to combine both and we only have one life. That's so focus on that. And follow me on in Brazil. You use a lot of Instagram for, for work. So follow me on Instagram and also follow me on LinkedIn. And it would be great to go and to talk to you. Oh, anyone who's fantastic. We will put those details onto your bio and your links to your episode, then Gustavo. Absolutely, people um, will be able to follow you. I think that's a very great point that you you finish on. I couldn't have put it more eloquently myself. Um, Gustavo, thank you very much, sir. It's been a pleasure. Uh, right. And to our listeners, we shall speak to you soon. Take care. Bye bye.